1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: First and Pod.
1: Hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew
2: grouped. I only put it this far down because of the three huge upsets. And I think that like the wins and losses should still be the basis of what the biggest stories are of the week. And those were three huge upsets, but yeah, man scoring 70 in the NFL deserves to probably be the biggest story of the week for an individual performance. And I don't think an argument can be made through three weeks that anyone other than Tua should be MVP favorite, which he is, Tyree Kill should be offensive player of the year favorite, which he is. And that Josh McDaniel or that Mike McDaniel should be coach of the year favorite, which he is like, they are the story of the NFL through three weeks. They McD- might not be the best team. Josh the McDaniels
0: one. would have kicked field goals on all those drives and they would have beaten them. Yes.
2: Yes. Mike McDaniel, who the bears didn't even see goals. as being worthy of interviewing yeah. when they hired Matt Eberflus. Um,
0: that, so they did this without Waddle, too, which makes it even more impressive that he, that guy didn't play one of the 10 or 15 best receivers in the entire NFL. You you just laid out a point for Houston by saying we have to allow for the pos- possibility of, and then went on to make your point. I think we have to allow for the possibility that Sean Payton is an Urban Meyer situation in Denver. I know that Meyer going college to the NFL is totally different, and Payton has won a Super Bowl and was largely successful in new Orleans but I can't I can't think of many times other than when we've had horrible coaching situations like my like Pey- uh, like Meyer where a team is clearly quitting on its I guess I should say coach and it, they quit in that game they laid down to give up that many rushing yards and 700 yards of total offense you said the 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 margin of the NFL is razor thin between the best team and the worst team. This is a Big Twelve score. This is uh, a it's a it's a Big Twelve team against like Immaculate Word or something. It's or Abilene Christian, not another Big Twelve team. Right. Maybe like Kansas when they were winning one game a year, but like this should never ever ever happen. And when it happens, the organization that loses by fifty needs to look itself in the mirror. The guy set a horrible tone for the season with the comments he made about the team he inherited. And and I and I said to you I thought that that was him being completely honest and brutally honest and setting and setting everybody up for the for the possibility that they were going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL this year.
2: And so he could say blame the guy that was here before me not me. Well so we're gonna to get to it obviously more in the Thursday look ahead pod, but it was just like a it was like a sneaky big part of my show today. Have you seen the look ahead line for Denver, Chicago? It's three and a half. Correct. Denver. In Chicago. Yeah.
0: That's a low point for the Bears. An underdog at home to a team that lost by half a century <laughs>
2: Dude. by a 50 burger. <laughs> that is an 0 3 team. An 0-3 t- team that just gave up a 70-piece is a three-and-a-half point favorite in your building.
0: That is... Yeah. And then I thought Peyton, after the game of the press conference, looked like a total tool.
2: Yeah, yeah, he did. That was... he. He's, he's grasping. He's grasping. But Miami's incredible, man. Um, all right, I want to ask you this one. Buffalo curb stomped Washington. Last week you were like basically saying that one team in the NFL could win a Super Bowl. Are you willing to group Buffalo into the teams who possibly could win a Super Bowl? No. Oh my god. I'm not. That is so ridiculous. It's not,
0: dude. You're you this is your this is what's going to happen. You're going to come on the podcast after the Miami game And say I did it again. A really good team beat a bad team by a by a a lopsided margin, and you bought into it heavily.
2: No, first of all, I like Washington, so I don't think Washington's a really bad team. They had a really bad game, but I could obviously turn the ball
0: over a million times, and they actually drove the ball a number of times and turned it over in the red zone. Like Sam Howell was very reckless. It it, it was Josh Allen-esque in a lot of ways. As a matter of fact.
2: Okay, but so, so 30, 37-3 and 38-10 the last two weeks. Yes, against commanders and raiders, but it does but does nothing for you that this team can be electric offensively and be a contender once again in the AFC. Does nothing for they it. can
0: beat the teams they're supposed to beat.
2: Okay. You disagree clearly. I mean, yeah. I framed the question to try to checkmate you, and you just you won't go down. So Buffalo, Miami. You you think Miami crushes them? I don't think they crush them, but I'll say this.
0: If the Bills just win the game, they don't even have to blow them out. If the Bills win the game, I'm going to be willing to come on a future podcast and say I was wrong about them. Okay. All
2: right. But that needs what if to they happen.
0: Lo- what if they lose
2: by three, 37-34? Just
0: more Bills in big spots in big games. Can't okay. get it done. Got it. Uh, Jets and, uh, Jets and uh, Patriots – uh, more Zach Wilson uh, incompetence, although I will say Randall Cobb should have caught that Hail Mary. And if he does, it's a totally different – did you see that play? Yeah, I did. You were, uh, you were
2: beer bonging at the time, Dude, so you missed yeah. it loud. I, I, I played a lot of catch-up yeah. during these Monday night games for some of these games that I didn't watch. There was a TV at the tailgate, but it was – yeah, I, I've been playing catch-up. Yeah, I did Bill Belichick
0: it. isn't making jokes about Travis Kelsey – and Taylor Swift if Randall Cobb's able to hold on to that ball at the end of the game. Um I heard something on the Z- on the Kirk Cousins thing to the Jets that I find very interesting from someone I trust. They think that Cousins would uh invoke his no trade clause and and would not go to New York here. If the if the Viking season goes off the rails because he's so great. He's so good with the, with the business side of sports that going there, learning a new system midstream in New York, the possibility of putting up down numbers, he thinks would actually financially hurt him in the long run more than if he just, say he rides it out in Minnesota, they go like 7-10, and 10, but he throws 33 or 34 touchdown passes again. He knows he'll get paid big by somebody. This offseason, it thinks that going to the Jets would actually do more damage to him looking for a contract this offseason. I mean, that makes a lot le- of sense to me.
2: Yeah, he's a legend at the bank. I, I would like to think that he would want a chance to win, but Jets might not be that too if he doesn't think he would be good there. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I wonder how much of it would be purely financially motivated or if it would be I also don't think I would be good there for A, B, or C reason and it would hurt me financially. But that's a, it's a very interesting. I mean, I haven't. I, I feel like that's died down a lot since yeah. week si- since week one. The Jets have been steadfast. I don't know how you can do it though. Like, I don't think you have to trade for Kirk Cousins, a super expensive quarterback who you. Well, can't- we brought up Minshew. That's what I'm saying. Like, there there's there are guys who are worse than Kirk Cousins, cheaper than Kirk Cousins, and at least give you a fighting chance to get the ball to Garrett Wilson eight times a game. And maybe score 23 points. You know, like I who's another one that would be a good idea? Like, I mean, we've talked about Tannehill. Yes. Um I know, but Jacoby Brissett? I would not mind that one. I don't
0: you know I, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind that at all. I thought he was good in Cleveland last year, and I was never a Jacoby Brissett guy. But the times I saw him in Cleveland last
2: year, I thought he was actually pretty good, yeah, me too. I mean, obviously Dalton was just an upgrade over Bryce in the in the short term. We'll get to that game in a second, but you know like there are Zach Wilson is not the thirty fifth best quarterback in the world so th- there's there's there are definitely backups that would be a significant upgrade for a team that's really trying to win uh right now. All right, you mentioned him a little bit. Uh, on the Viking side of this, Chargers Vikings, do you feel like the Chargers saved their season? No, I don't.
0: You know why? Because it was way more about the Vikings losing the game and all of their gaps, all their red zone blunders and mishaps. You had two things happen in this game that were classic Chargers. Number one, Mike Williams done for the year. Yep, tears his ACL. So you lose him. Everything about the Chargers this year that was said in the preseason was with the caveat, if they stay healthy, we know they always get hurt, but you can't predict injuries. Well, Mike Williams seems to unfortunately get hurt all the time and usually in a quite serious manner. So that's a huge bummer. Quinton Johnson, who I thought was going to be a big lift for them, can't even get on the field their number one pick. Wide receiver from TCU, who I thought was just going to be I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud but I saw kind of like poor man Randy Moss qualities in him just very tall guy who runs really fast and is a deep threat downfield not like 50-50 ball but just go get it catch and run.
2: Well, I mean dude. obviously I mean he he had, he had 3 targets, 2 catches, 10 yards. It, it's it is within the realm of possibility that he st- that he his role in the offense uh increases but yeah right now they're probably going to go bigger sets multiple tight ends Palmer Palmer will get more targets but I mean at least the guy who got hurt the guy they drafted in the first round plays his exact position so there's at least a possibility but that they I can salvage it but I think the
0: even bigger thing is Staley went for it on fourth and one inside his own 30 and didn't get it and The numbers back him up going for it. It was him going back in time to his rookie year as a head coach when he would do that routinely. But the fact that he did it and it backfired, I just think that that's going to have long-term ramifications on his decision-making in future games. And I think he's going to cower again and go right back to his conservative ways of last year because of that. Because of all the heat he got for it, oh, like, they won in spite of you. The Chargers should have lost. Thank God, the Vikings, Viking, that kind of thing. Uh, I think the guy's going to go right back into his shell because of that. And I think that that's going to hurt. The Chargers need a legitimate head coach so bad. But I don't think that their ownership group wants to pay the big money for an established coach. They're going to have to go the young route. They're just going to have to hire one of these geek guys. Maybe they'll hire the PFF guy, and you'll lose out on him and maybe hire somebody else's defensive assistant, Danny. That's not funny. Maybe you can get Bill Cower out
2: of retirement. Promote Kellen Moore. We got to go faster. Promote Luke Getze.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what?
2: Remember when you wanted to fire Matt Eberflus to promote Luke Getzey? <laughs> <laughs> okay, bo- explain both terrible, and I stand by believing in the offensive guy more than the defensive guy. Ex-
0: explain what you wrote to me on uh, the Green Bay New Orleans game. G- Green okay. Bay coming back from down seventeen to okay beat the Saints without Derek Carr. Okay,
2: so what I wrote is I'm terrified that a pony kenny pickett take might actually be true about jordan love and you've had so many kenny pickett takes that that doesn't narrow it down for you and i just want for the record like i don't want this clip to be one that gets clipped and goes viral because this will hurt my credibility with the local audience all the more reason to play it do you remember when you said that kenny pickett had some joe burrow vibes yes I'm at least a little worried that Jordan Love might have some of that. Dude, he doesn't have his best players. He's playing a top 10 defense. He's down 17 points in the fourth quarter, and he wins. I know the Saints miss a field goal that would have ended up winning the game. He made big throw after big throw. Some of them were caught. Some of them drew pass interference. He's throwing to Romeo Dobbs and Jaden Reed, whatever the hell that guy's name is, without without his without Aaron Jones, without Bakhtiari, without Watson. The only word I can describe it is his poise. Because he did not look great early in the game. But like there is no rattle to this dude. There's no rattle to him. So obviously Joe Burrow's the number one pick in the draft. I I don't he's not I'm not saying he's going to be that but like if you are a 10 out of 10 between the ears at quarterback in the NFL you have an incredibly high floor and through it's been four starts three this year and I haven't seen that dude he lost to Atlanta but he completed 66 percent of his passes had three touchdowns no picks he curb stomped the Bears and he had a fourth quarter comeback against the top ten defense. Two of those three games without his three or four best players on offense. I'm very impressed, and I I hate that I am as impressed as I am. I hate it. So, do you do you do you know the uh,
0: do you know the pitcher Charlie Morton in the major yeah. leagues? He's been around for a while. He's yeah had a really good solid career. So he was with the Pirates. I'm going to make this analogy quick because this is a football podcast, but just hear me out for a second. When I first got to Pittsburgh, he was terrible, and he was one of their worst pitchers. And he and the pitching coach just decided mechanically, let's just copy Roy Halladay. Let's just watch him, and let's duplicate his delivery. Like everything. Wind up where – like. Arm angle, slot, everything, and try to use his exact sequencing of pitches, and just see where it gets you. And it completely changed the guy's career. Around now, he he's ended up adapting and evolving. So he's had several incarnations since then, but that's what originally got him on track. He just decided to try to be someone who was already really, really good and the best at what that person did. I think I think Jordan Love is doing that with Aaron Rodgers. His body language on the field, his his motions, his throwing style, like even when he hands the ball off or does a play-action fake, he looks exactly like the guy. <laughs> yeah. It's like he's trying to do an Aaron Rodgers impression, and it's working. And I don't know how long that's going to last, if he can just be a facsimile of Aaron Rodgers his entire career. But I am just so struck by that, like – it looks like he is just trying to copy exactly what Aaron Rodgers—not just his game planning and prep during the weekend stuff. Like he's trying to look like him on the field, Danny, when he plays.
2: I notice it on the play action fakes for sure. Uh, he clearly studied Rodgers. Rodgers is one of the best, if not the best, ever at, at that. So yeah, he it—the whole thing is grotesque. I I I really truly hate it.